0: Well, I am uh, honored and humbled to be uh, sharing with you today and as we continue our Words to Live By series, um, we talk about uh, a value this morning that is close to our hearts here at Mountaintop. Um, uh, if you haven't had the chance to meet me, my name is Jake Davis. I'm on staff here at, in our teaching team and um, I'm, I'm just really uh, anticipating what God is going to do through his word this morning um, to teach us uh, to live this value in our lives. So this morning the value we're gonna be talking about is hospitality, hospitality. And um, as I was preparing for this message, uh, God gave me the perfect illustration of what hospitality looks like. So my wife and I uh, are in between houses right now. we just sold the first house we ever owned together, the one that we brought our kids home um, to. So that was an emotional day when we closed on that house. But there was a two-week gap between when we closed on that house and when we are going to close on our new one next week. And so for the past like, week and a half, we've been living with uh, Haley's parents, my in-laws. And uh, that's been awesome. Uh, if you don't know anything about my family, uh, it's me and my wife, Hailey, and then we have uh, a daughter who just turned two and a son who just turned one and a uh, Brittany Spaniel who is a little over energetic. So it's a lot for them to open their doors to us. Um, but they did so and they've shown us great hospitality. And the thing that they've done um, is they've made room for us. They've made room for us uh, quite literally by just welcoming us into their presence, right? Welcoming us into their living room at night welcoming us into their upstairs. It's two bedrooms for the four of us and our dog, so it's real crammed, but welcoming us into their, into their house in that way. Welcoming us to the dinner table. My, uh, my father-in-law loves to cook, and pretty much every night when I come home from work, uh, he has made dinner for the family. I'm like, well, this is, that's nice, cause I might, even, might not move into the new house, this is nice. <laughs> but they've shown us just radical hospitality in, in hosting us in their home. And like I said, the thing that they did is they made room. And when we talk about hospitality here at Mountaintop, this is how we're going to say it. We're going to talk about making room for outsiders, making room for people so that they can feel like this is a place that they can call home. So this is what we say. We say, everyone is welcome. We will go to all possible means to welcome people. We are a place where everyone can come home and find a home just as they are. We aim to create space, make room, for people from all walks of life. So that's what it means when we talk about hospitality here at Mountaintop, that's what that value means to us. Ultimately though, hospitality is not just some sort of moralistic um, value for us to live up to. It's not just something that is ethically virtuous, right? Um, we believe that hospitality is a part of the very character of God. And if it, honestly, if it wasn't a part of the character of God, it wouldn't be worth pursuing. Um, anything, any of the values that we pursue here at Mountaintop are at the center of God's heart, and that's why we pursue them. And so the same is true of hostility. It is at the center of God's character. We believe that God um, exists as one God in three persons. We call it the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Even in God's very nature, he is hospitable. God welcomes um, and, and makes room for each of the persons of the Trinity. And then the very act of creation, right? Our God created. We believe our God's the creator of the universe. And when he created, he made this world as a home for us. We believe that on the sixth day he made mankind, he made humankind man and woman, and this was our home. And even that act of creation was a hospitable act. God has always been welcoming us into his presence. And then even as Adam and Eve, they run roughshod over God's act of hospitality and they trample on his rules and his laws and they spit in his face even as he's the host that is welcoming them into this world, he continues to pursue them. And so for us, hospitality, it's not just a virtue, it is, um, hospitality is an act of imitating our God. Because God does it, we do it in return. It's because God showed us hospitality, we show hospitality in return. And so God continues to pursue humanity, even as we go far away from him. And he does so um, throughout history by pursuing this people, the people of Israel. And he goes to them, and he's like, I'm gonna choose you, and I'm gonna be your God, and you're gonna be my people, and I'm gonna give you a home. Before he does that, Israel falls into captivity at the hands of this empire named Egypt. And God uh, goes in, and and by miraculous efforts, he pulls them out of captivity in Egypt, um, takes them as refugees, and brings them into a new home, constantly pursuing humanity in an act of hospitality. And then he gives that people, the nation of Israel, he gives them a law. He gives them a a set of laws that they're to live their lives by because he's like, now that you're a part of my family, now that I'm your God and you're my people, um, and we share a home, you have some responsibilities. And at the center of that list of laws is this one in the book of Leviticus. It says, you shall treat the stranger who sojourns with you as the native among you, and you shall love him as yourself. For you were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So at the center of the law that God gives to the people of Israel, hospitality. Treat those who are strangers among you as part of your family. And why? Because you were once strangers. And I'm the Lord your God and I brought you out of it. And so for us, hospitality is an act of imitating God, it's also an act of remembrance. Hospitality is an act of remembrance. For the people of Israel, God called them to remember what he had done for them, pulling them out of captivity, and and to do the same for those who were in their presence, those strangers who were in their midst, because they knew what it was like to be a stranger, to be a refugee, to need a place to call home. And the same is true of us as followers of Jesus, right? Because Israel throughout history, they, they don't keep up their end of the, the covenant. They don't keep their responsibilities in the family relationship, and they, they're not hospitable to strangers. And so ultimately God decides that he has to do it himself. And he's gonna show them, he's gonna show his very character to them himself. And he does so by coming in the person of Jesus Christ. God comes to earth as Jesus, he puts skin on, and he, and he gets his skin in the game, and He dwells among us is what scripture tells us. He makes his home here. He brings hospitality here by bringing his presence into the world in order to redeem the world. And then in the ultimate act of hospitality at the end of Jesus' life, he sacrifices himself for us. He deals with our sin by going to the cross and by dying on the cross and stretching out his hands on the cross wide enough that we might all be embraced into the family of God. And so for us, as a community of believers who follow Jesus, hospitality is an act of remembrance, not because of what God did for Israel in history, but what God did for us, what he did for us by sending Jesus to welcome us into his family. And so hospitality is an act of remembrance. It's also an act of anticipation. We're not just remembering what God did, we are anticipating, we are expectant of what God is going to do. What we know that is is that one day heaven will meet earth and this earth, this world that we live in will be renewed, right? Be a new heaven and a new earth. And we wanna be a part of that. What scripture tells us is that when that happens, all will be included in that. That God will come and he will make every knee, every knee bow, every tongue confess at his name. And so we are anticipating that day of hospitality when God welcomes us all into his family. Uh, Hebrews 13, uh, 1 and 2a, it says, it says this, it says, keep loving each other like family. Don't neglect to open your homes to guests. Don't neglect, right? Because the writer of Hebrews knows that we as humans, we, we struggle with this. We struggle with remembering. And so we are prone to forget and so he, he, in, in, he, he encourages us, do not neglect the, the duty that you have to be hospitable to those strangers in your midst. And so that's why we use hospitality as an act of remembrance. And it says here, uh, keep loving each other like family, open your homes to guests. And the word that it uses for hospitality, anytime it says hospitality in the New Testament, is this Greek word, that's the original language that, that, that the, uh, the Bible, uh, the New Testament was written in, it's philo xenos, philo xenos. Uh It's two words put together, right? It's a compound word, and the first is phylos, right? Shortened here in this word for philo, and it's one of the words that the Greek speaking people have for uh, love, and it means to have brotherly or familial type love, and then is their word for stranger or foreigner or outsider. It's where we get our word like xenophobic or xenographic, right, things that we use to describe those things that are different than us. And so literally what this word hospitality that we're studying about this morning, what it means is to treat the stranger, foreigner, outsider among you like they are part of your family, to love them as much as you love your own family members. So it's the ethic that, that God called Israel to do to early in, in, in history, right? I redeemed you, I made you part of my family, and so turn around and look for those people around you who are lost, isolated, and who need a family, and welcome them in to yours. Furthermore, 1 Peter 4, 8 and 9 says it this way. It says, above all, show sincere love to each other, because love brings about the forgiveness of many sins. How do you love? How do you show sincere love to each other? By opening your homes to each other without complaining my in-laws, they have welcomed us into their home pretty much without complaining. I mean, sometimes they do complain when the dog scratches at the back door, even though we've told him a hundred times to please stop. Sometimes they do grumble a little bit when um, our kids wake up at 5 a.m. crying, um, uh, ready for their their morning milk, right? And it wakes them up from their slumber as well. But most of the time, my in-laws have been welcoming us with joy. And that is what Peter is calling us here in his letter to his church to open our homes to each other without complaining because Peter knows that we are human and we prone to kind of grumble. And hospitality is not just some menial act that he's calling us to. Peter is calling us to a hospitality that extends into our hearts. Romans twelve 13, we'll read the rest of this passage a little bit later, but it says it this way. Contribute to the needs of the saints, and how do you do that? You seek to show hospitality. And the word here for seek is actually closer to pursue, because Paul, the writer of Romans, knows that in order for us to make hospitality a priority, we have to pursue it, right? We're prone to forget it and neglect it, and so we, we do it as an act of, of, of remembrance and, and we're also prone to sometimes just do things out of menial habit, right, or because we've been told to do so, so you know, do it without complaining, and then Paul's like, pursue it. Make it a character trait that you pursue as a community. So hospitality, it's not just an act of our hands, it's a posture of the heart. And this morning, if hospitality is gonna be a word for us to live by, then it has to extend into our hearts and to begin, we have to begin to take on a new posture that welcomes people. Over the last few weeks, you've heard our new vision statement here at Mountaintop, and it goes like this. It says, we exist to invite and equip people to follow Jesus. I mean, it's right here in our vision statement, right? We exist to invite people to follow Jesus. And so if we are going to be a people that invite, then we need to have a posture of hospitality. So as I think about hospitality, the image that comes to my mind is this kind of dining room table that we all have in our house, right? Where we welcome guests, where we sit with our families and eat. The reality is, though, that before we can welcome guests, we have all of this clutter on our table. We have a crowded table, nowhere for people to sit, right? Nowhere for people to have a, a meal with us. And so we need to clear the table and make room for our guests. And so what we're gonna do this morning is we're gonna look at a a few postures that we have a tendency to take as a a community of God, and uh, we're gonna try to shed ourselves of those postures so that we can make room for people this morning. And the first is this, fortification. Fortification says uh, we're gonna be sheltered from the world, right? We are just going to go into a shell and escape the world. Kind of like my little friend Maury here. Look at him. He's definitely going to pee-pee on me or something. This is Maury, right? And his tendency is, his natural instinct is, when he feels threatened, is to go into his shell. And oftentimes, as communities of God, we have this same tendency. We think that we need to fortify ourselves against the world, to shelter ourselves, and to begin to kind of go into a a turtle-type mindset, and to live our lives protected from the world outside of these walls. And so we act like Maury. And if you'll look under your seats right now, if, if if any of you has a picture of a turtle, you get to go home with this one for free. I'm just kidding, I'm not kidding. I'm not gonna make anybody go home with a free turtle. But well, this is the tendency that we have, to take, to take a posture of fortification. What ends up happening, though, as a result, is we do shelter ourselves from the world, we do protect ourselves, and the intention behind this is good, right? Because scripture calls us to be holy and set apart, and so we want to be set apart, and so we think the way to do that is to fortify ourselves and to shelter ourselves from the world. But what ends up happening is we begin to come hardened to and disconnected from the needs of outsiders. Our shells become hard, and, and we fail to see the needs of the people outside of these walls because we become disconnected from them. We don't have access to each other because we've put up walls around this building that don't let them in and don't let us out. And so we become sheltered, we become fortified, we become hardened to the needs of outsiders. We're disconnected, so we don't even know how to speak their language. We don't even know what it is they need, because we're not in dialogue with them. we're not in relationship with them because we've isolated from them. And so this morning, if we are going to begin to take a posture of hospitality sorry, Maury we are going to have to shed ourselves of the posture of fortification, so that there'll be space at the table for people outside of these walls who need to be welcomed into our family. Secondly, we have the posture of domination. This, this posture says that we need to be separated, just like fortification, but we need to be separated in order to conquer the world. This posture, um, it, it says things like there's a culture war happening, a war between church and culture, and we have to win the culture war. So what ends up happening is when we take this posture of domination, we begin to have a trophy-like mentality where we see all people as just trophies. We care more about winning than reaching people. We care care more about conquering the culture outside of these walls than reaching it with the light of Jesus. When we do this, the consequence is, is that we tend to abandon the needs of outsiders and then we actively do harm to them. We abandon their needs. We know what their needs are. We're very well aware of them. In fact, we war against their needs and we actively do harm to outsiders. Here's the problem, when when people begin to realize this hostility in us, this enmity that we've placed, we're basically making our neighbors into enemies. We're choosing to make them into enemies. And here's the truth. The church should be a place of welcome, not of war. How do, you, how do you expect people to feel at home here? How do you expect them to feel like this is a place that they can call home and they can find a family if there's hostility between us and the world? Right? Scripture calls us to be in the world and not of it, so we certainly don't need to cozy up to the ways of this world, and we'll talk more about that in a second. But God does not call us to be a place of war. He calls us to be a place of welcome. Hostility is the opposite of hospitality. Hospitality. And so if we're, gonna be a post- if we're gonna have a posture of hospitality, we have to stop and resist, we have to resist that we wanna treat people like trophies. They're not just trophies to be won, they are people with problems that have needs, that need the love of Jesus. Ultimately, hospitality is not just about filling these seats. Hospitality is about making room for people to be filled with the love of Jesus. It's about filling our community with the light of God. And it's about filling people's lives with the gospel. It's not about just filling this room. It's not about just winning. It's not about our accomplishments. It's about reaching people. And then finally, one of the postures, uh, well, let's talk more about this one, actually. This is, this is, this is, so it's not that easy, right? We wanna shed this posture of domination. But oftentimes it's not that easy because our, our tendency is to, is to hold on to that tightly. And so I wanna read a passage. I told you we'd come back to Romans 12, and I wanna read this passage this morning, and it's super convicting. It's super challenging. And so I want us to just kind of sit here for a few minutes. It says, love should be shown without pretending, it comes out comes out of the gate swinging, right? No fake love here at Mountaintop. We show love without pretending. We hate evil and we hold on to what is good. Love each other like the members of your own family and be the best at showing honor to each other. See, hospitality starts inside these walls. We have to outdo each other in showing honor to one another. We have to welcome each other as family members. Sometimes the best time to show hospitality is right after this church service. Spending some moments with other people in this congregation, doing, having dialogue with them. How's, how's your life going? What are you going through? How can I pray for you? How can I be there for you? Invite a friend when, it's, when this is acceptable again. Invite a friend over for lunch after church. Get to know each other. When people in the community begin to see that kind of love inside these walls, and when they begin to get, see that kind of hospitality and unity inside these walls, they'll know that that is from God, and they'll be attracted to it. Continues on, don't hesitate to be enthusiastic. Be on fire in the spirit as you serve the Lord. Be happy in your hope, stand your ground when you're in trouble, and devote yourselves to prayer. And it finishes like this, contribute to the needs of God's people and welcome strangers into your home. There's that hospitality again. It's the verse we read earlier. It says, bless people who harass you, bless and don't curse them, right? A posture of domination, it doesn't understand that. It's like, bless people who curse me, Well, there's hostility between the world and the church, right? I mean, the world sometimes can be hostile to the the ways of the church. And so it's easy for us to fall into the trap of being hostile in return, to having this posture of domination. But, But Paul here says, no, 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 bless those who harass you. Bless and don't curse them. And then it continues on, it says, be happy with those who are happy and cry with those who are crying. If we know the needs of our community, and we begin to do life with them, we're gonna, we're gonna be in tune with them. And when they're happy, we can be happy with them. When they cry, we, we can be mournful with them. We can really see them and be present. And it says, consider everyone as equal. And don't think that you're better than anyone else. Anybody else have a problem with that during this year? Right, it's easy in our isolation that we've, we've been in in 2020 to just assume things about people and assume, think that you're better than everyone else. This is where it gets really good. It says, instead associate with people who have no status. There's one point where Jesus is giving a parable on a banquet and he tells people, hey, don't invite your friends over for a banquet. Don't invite your friends or your neighbors or even even your rich friends because they can repay you. He says, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, the beggars because they can't repay you and you'll be rewarded in heaven. You see, we associate with people who have no status because it teaches us to be humble and it teaches us to live in a manner like Jesus who, who, who always moved towards the least of these. And this is real good, right? Don't think that you're so smart. Listen, I didn't say it. It's scripture, all right? Don't think that you're so smart that you've got it all figured out. And don't pay anyone back for their evil actions. But instead, show respect for what everyone else believes is good. And isn't that convicting in the middle of a year that has been the most divisive year that I can remember in my life? There certainly is a whole bunch of beliefs on what is good in our world. And Paul doesn't tell us that we have to agree with all of those things. But he does encourage us to show respect. This means mutual signs of respect between parties that can sit down at a table and have a dialogue with one another and come away still loving each other even if we disagree about what's good, even if we have different beliefs about what is good, we have shown respect to one another. And then it says, if possible, to the best of your ability, live at peace with all people. I don't know if you guys have met all people, but it is hard to be at peace with them. That's what we're called to. That's what it means to be a people of hospitality. So finally, we have the posture of accommodation. When we think about hospitality, we think about the hospitality industry, right? like, the, like uh, hotels, and oftentimes you'll call the front desk the accommodations desk, and you'll ask for, you know, more towels, um, a, a new blanket, right, because it's cold in there. Those ACs are super cold. A new pillow, because the one they gave you is paper thin. Because you want it to feel like home. You want to be comfortable. Well, oftentimes, when we're pursuing hospitality, we can sometimes fall into the posture of accommodation. And this is dangerous, because we begin to seek to appease the world. And when we, when we only seek to appease, we fail to address the actual needs of outsiders. This posture says things like, well, we want the community to like us, right? We want to be thought of well. We have a good reputation that we need to maintain. We want them to think that we're good people, that we're, we're kind, and so let's just, you know, let's just comfort them, right? We don't have to do all like, the hard truth stuff. We don't have to confront them with the gospel. Let's just accommodate their needs. Well, here's what happens. In our efforts to comfort people, we fail to confront their actual condition. We fail to do anything about the actual condition that they find themselves in. They might feel better, they might be entertained, but they're no closer to Jesus than they were when they walked in these doors. You see, accommodation, it might engage people, but it will fail to equip them to follow Jesus. We don't want to just be engaging or accommodating. We want people to meet Jesus. Our vision statement, let me remind you, it says we invite and equip people to follow Jesus. If we have a posture of accommodation, right, if we're just comforting people and we're entertaining them, we're all about their needs, their wants, and their desires, then we might do really good at this first half. We might invite a whole bunch of people, but we will fail to actually equip them to follow Jesus. And so ultimately, we have to shed ourselves, even though it's comfortable, we have to shed ourselves of the posture of accommodation. Jesus, our primary example for how to live. He, he was tempted to take all of these postures, right? A posture of domination. He could just come and, and conquer the world. He certainly had the power to do so, right? A posture of fortification where he just, he, he, he shelled himself off, but no, he didn't isolate from us. He came towards us. A posture of accommodation. He could have just come and like not dealt with it, right? Just been like, all right, I'll just let them do their thing. No, he came and he got down in the muck and mire with us and he called people toward the character of God. He called them into holiness and righteousness. Jesus didn't take any of these postures. He took a posture of invitation. And ultimately, if we're gonna be a people of hospitality, this is the posture that we need to become familiar with. A posture that says, I'm going to clear the table. I'm going to set the table for the world and make room for the needs of outsiders. And perhaps by doing this, there might be space. We might have made a little bit of room for those who desperately need a family. For those who desperately need to be welcomed into the family of God. And, and here's one of our chief temptations. It's to be more about entertainment than hospitality. And they're really close to each other, but they're, they're very different in their intentions. So I just wanna talk for a moment about the differences between entertainment and, and hospitality. See, entertainment is, uh, it, it tries to impress, right? It's focused on impressing, whereas hospitality is focused on blessing right? Entertainment's like, look at us. Look at all the things we have. Look at how good Mountaintop is. Look at all the things we're doing for our community. I'm here to impress you, right? Think about when you invite friends over to entertain them, right? It's all, you're the center of attention because it's in your home, and you're trying to entertain them. Hospitality says, no, I don't need to be a center of attention. I'm just here to bless you. This is all about orientation or who matters most. Do we matter most? Or does the other person matter most? Who's the center of attention? And orientation is super important because it's not just about how we're oriented to other people, it's about how we're oriented to God, right? This is ultimately about us living into the character of God. And so if we're going to be oriented to Him, we better be correct there before we start approaching other people. And so we worship our God in hopes that our worship would spill over into words of welcome as we worship with a God who's all about hospitality, the only result is that our words become words of welcome. We begin to speak a language, a dialogue of welcome and hospitality to our community. Entertainment weighs down, whereas hospitality slows down. Anybody ever uh, been planning for a big party and just felt really stressed by it, right? It can weigh you down. It, it It can really begin to burn you out. Hospitality says, listen, I'm not prideful. I don't need the stress of trying to entertain you. I I just kind of want to slow down with you. Listen, this world has no shortage of options if they want to be entertained. This world works to entertain people. We have to resist that temptation and call them home. And that means slowing down down, not giving in to the rat race, and just being present with people, right? Entertainment, uh, entertainment weighs down, probably slows down, and this, motive, this is about our motivation. What's our purpose, right? Are we just trying to, to be flashy? Are we just trying to entertain people, or are we actually about hospitality? Are we actually about welcoming them into the family of God? Because if we are, then we need to offer an alternate to the world, and that is a chance to slow down, a place to come and to to be, um, to find refuge. Entertainment creates noise, whereas hospitality creates space. Another way to say this is that entertainment drones on while hospitality shuts up. It's, uh, this is ultimately about communion, right? How are people heard and seen? It's really practical. Listen and be present. Wouldn't that change the game in 2020 if we did a little bit more listening and a little less talking? And if we decided to put the phones down, to walk away from the computers, to stop watching so much cable news, Just be present with people. Finally, entertainment excludes, whereas hospitality honors. And ultimately, this is about inclusion. How big is our table? Or maybe a better question is who needs to be there? How big is our table? And and how much bigger does it need to be to reach everyone? Because we want to be inclusive. We want to be for everyone. There's always space for one more person at our table, and there's always room for everyone. One Sabbath, this is in Luke chapter 14, we see Jesus, he, he, he's sharing a meal. And it says, he went into the home of one of the leaders of the Pharisees, and they were watching him closely. You know, we talk a lot about the people that Jesus ate meals with in scripture, and he did eat with tax collectors and people that the world thought were sinners. But we don't talk a lot about when Jesus went to eat with the Pharisees, right? These were like his perceived enemies. If you read scripture, it kind of seems like maybe they're at odds with each other, but here is Jesus sharing a meal. He's, he's a welcomed guest in the home of the Pharisees. And notice, they were watching him closely. As we go about the work of hospitality, the reason it has to be a posture and not just something that we do is because people are gonna be watching us closely to see if we're really about what we say we're about. Do we really value this? Is hospitality really a word we live by? Listen, a house is only as hospitable as its hosts. And I'm not the host here at Mountaintop. Our staff is not the host here at Mountaintop. What ultimately is gonna determine whether we're a people of hospitality is not what's said in a message on a Sunday morning. It's how each of us decide to individually live our lives. How how hospitable are we gonna be? Are people, when they walk in here, are they gonna know that this is a place that they can call home? And if you're like, Jake, I'm in. I wanna be about hospitality. This is is a value that's really close to my heart and I wanna be about that. Well, good, we have a place for you to plug in. Super simple, mountaintopchurch.com slash serve. You go there, navigate to one of our hospitality teams. That's literally their name. That's what their purpose is for, because we want people, when they're coming up, from the moment they come up that hill, to feel like this is home, to feel like they're a valued guest, they're welcomed here. And so we have a traffic team that ushers them in. We have a greeting team outside that behind a mask right now, smiles and make sure they have a smile and greeting face. We have a, we have a coffee team, and a lemonade team that serves so that people feel like they're at home because they want a refreshment like they would if they were at home. We have a team of volunteers in here that make people make sure people can get to their seats. Wherever you wanna serve, every serving team that serves here on Mountaintop is a part of being a hospitable community because it makes this place feel like home for people. He's like, well, that sounds great. That's just not really my gift. I'm not, it's not really my gift to be hospitable. Well, I have bad news for you. Everyone is a host. Everyone who calls this place home is a host. And so maybe for you, a better question is not where can I serve here at Mountaintop, but what does your dinner table look like? Have you cleared it? Have you made room so that people who don't look like you, who don't think like you, can sit with you and have a meal? and feel like they're a valued guest in your home? Maybe a better way to ask this question is to look back at the story of Jesus. Who is your Pharisee? Who is it that if they were sitting at your dinner table, people would look and be like, I didn't expect to see them there. Let's get personal for a second. Maybe if uh, you're a Democrat, and you work... uh, in an adjacent cubicle to a Republican. And every day at the water cooler you hear them spouting their political beliefs and and it couldn't make you any angrier. Your blood starts to boil when you hear them talking about their beliefs. Perhaps there's a place at your dinner table for them. Maybe as we've walked through the tension of 2020 and you watched as our country split apart at the seams because of racial tension. And you just felt woefully unprepared to have that conversation. You're like, I have such a limited perspective. I couldn't possibly be part of this conversation. Well, let me encourage you. Maybe there's a spot at your table for someone who doesn't look like you. Someone who's a different color than you. Someone who shares, has a different perspective than you. Someone who was brought up differently than you. And that by, by sharing perspectives, you might actually learn from each other. You might actually begin to do this gift of hospitality toward each other, and it might lead to more unity. Maybe you're um, an older couple, and you're into retirement age, and you've been listening over the past few weeks as we've unrolled our vision here at Mountaintop, and our desire to target young families with children. And you're like, I just don't, I don't know where I fit into that, man. I've already had kids, I'm old, I'm retired, And you're like, how can I be a part of this vision? Maybe this is how. Maybe there's a spot at your table for one of those young families we're trying to reach. They're just trying to change diapers and get their kids to school, not even knowing that they need a family to love them and show them the love of Jesus. Maybe you're one of those uh, young families and you've come recently and you're like, now it's kinda, this is home for you, right? It's become comfortable. Like, how do, I, how do I do this? Well, as we head into the holiday season, let me encourage you to look around and find a single person. Because the holidays can be incredibly isolating for people who don't have a family. They don't have a place to call home. Maybe, maybe they come to Birmingham for college and all of their friends moved away and, and they feel isolated, they feel lonely. Perhaps there's, Perhaps there's a widow here at Mountaintop or in our community who's husband or wife has passed away, and they just need somewhere to have Thanksgiving dinner. What would it look like if you just shot a text and said, my family would love to have you as an honored guest at our Thanksgiving meal or our Christmas meal, and just show radical hospitality in that way? Ultimately, it comes down to three things. Opportunity, surrender, and initiative. We trust that that God will give us opportunities to show hospitality, and when he does, it's our job to surrender to the way he's moving in our lives, and then take the initiative to follow through on that act. Because listen, this can be hard work. It's easy to convince yourself not to do it. It's easy to fall back into these postures. But God calls us to surrender. This is the final verse for today. It says in Colossians four, five, and six act wisely toward outsiders, making the most of the opportunity. Your speech should always be gracious and sprinkled with insight. I love that, sprinkled with insight, right? Like don't pour it on thick, all right? It's not like the first time they get on your dining table, it's like, hey, do you know Jesus? Don't make them drink from a fire hose, all right? Sprinkled with insight, gracious conversation, so that you may know how to respond to every person. It says making the most of, of every opportunity. There's two words for time in the Greek scriptures. Kairos and Chronos. Kronos is like physical time on a clock that ticks and moves and eludes us. Kairos is this. It's divine opportunities. Moments to have a spiritual encounter with someone. Literally this passage says that maybe by showing hospitality, by acting wisely towards outsiders, being gracious towards them and and, and having a sprinkled with insight kind of dialogue with them, maybe you might redeem some of those opportunities. You might redeem time itself. And oh boy, isn't 2020 a year that could use some redeeming? I mean how much time have we wasted this year tweeting? arguing at each other senseless arguments on the internet making assumptions about each other how much time have we been have we wasted isolated and alone how much time have we wasted not taking hospitality seriously i got good news for you even 2020 is not beyond redemption by simple acts of hospitality, we might make the most of every opportunity. We might actually redeem time itself. Sounds familiar, right? Like there's this God who exists outside of time. and He's like, how do I make this all work? How do I redeem people's eternity? He did it with hospitality, welcoming us all into his family. As we go into our week, let me leave you with this prayer. Just an intentional way for you to pray in your daily life for God to make your heart about hospitality. As I make room in my life and surrender that room to your will, would your spirit make room in my heart? God, I am available. All of me, I'm available, my schedule, my house, my dining room table, it's available. Use it however you would use it to reach people with your goodness. Let's stand together this morning and let's sing this song called Available and let that be a cry of our heart today.